seated. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to be doing the announcements this morning. And uh, if you got a bulletin when you came in this came no, wrong word came in this morning, uh, some of these are already on there. Actually, I believe all of these are on your bulletin. So maybe if you want to follow around on there. But a couple couple announcements to begin with. Uh, dealing with different ministries in our church that may be just the right ministry for you to get involved in and serve. Uh, if you are, if you like seeing these words on the screen, and I think we all do, uh, and if you're good with PowerPoint and with computers, the ministry that could use your help is our PowerPoint team back there on the computer, and uh, we, we need those who uh, are, are good with computers. And uh, right now we have two people on our PowerPoint ministry, and we need two or three more so that we could go on about a monthly rotation. If, if that's something that you have the time to commit to and you have the desire to be a part of that and to make that a, a great ministry, then uh, talk to me. I'm the go-to person for that, and I would love to uh, tell you a little bit more of what's involved in that and to help you get plugged into that ministry. Each Sunday, we are greeted as we come into the building by an awesome group of greeters who make us feel cared for, who make us feel important, and they show us how to find what we're looking for. Whether that's the, the room that we're going to, uh, whatever. If, if you love making people feel welcome, if you love talking to and meeting new people, and if you want to make a great first impression on guests who come to our church, our, our greeters ministry could be great for you. And uh, if you're interested... Uh, talk to Jason Mikowski. His contact info is uh, on the bulletin. And uh, uh, you, or if you if you know Jason, find him and let him know that you're interested in getting involved in our greeters ministry. The students matter a lot to us at our church, and our student ministry canoe trip is coming up soon. And one way that you can care for our students is to buy them lots of snacks and water too. But uh, mainly snacks and uh, little Debbie's, chips, fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups, who doesn't like fruit roll-ups? So if you would like to donate any of those items, there is a box right outside of this door and uh, in the foyer. And just put them in there, and our youth staff will take care of the rest, and they, they probably won't eat uh, much of the snacks that you donate. Last of all... Uh, we have another announcement concerning our state ministry, and at the end of the service today, we will be voting on having Wes Crawford come as our one-year student ministry mentor. Many of you have, have had the opportunity to meet Wes, to talk with Wes, so that will be right after the message. We will be explaining that a little bit more, and then taking up the vote, and then giving the results of that vote uh, before we're done with the service today, so stick around for that. And uh, I'd like for us all to stand as we continue our worship. Last Sunday's message in Proverbs uh, was on Proverbs 4, on starting on the right path and staying on the right path. Uh, like the hymn says, we are prone to wonder. And uh, the wondering isn't just in our actions. The wondering happens in our uh, we lose our love for God uh, that we once had. We lose the desire to live our lives fully surrendered to Christ. We all, we all know what it's like as Christians to lose that. And, and it 
it's those times that we need to pray along with David in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So we pray, God, restore me. God, renew me. God, revive me. We're going to sing a new song today called Restore My Soul. But God tells us to examine ourselves before we take the Lord's Supper. You see, we're, we're, we are going to be taking the Lord's Supper today. So we need to be examining ourselves and, and taking a, a look into our hearts, finding out where our hearts are at, confessing the sins to God in our lives that are there, confessing the, the ways in which sinful habits have made their way into our life, and, and confessing those to God. Because only He can do that. Only God can do that work of reviving and renewing our hearts. So we, we, we want to welcome you to sing along with us whenever you're able to. But you can feel free just to listen if this is a new song for you. And let this be the prayer of your heart to God. So with that beautiful song, takes us right to the cross. It brings us right to where we are right now. It brings us to the Lord's table. The Lord established this 2,000 years ago before the night he was betrayed. And on the night he was betrayed, he wanted us to remember him and what he's done for us. On a regular basis, we together observe the Lord's Supper. For believers and the believers for obedient believers. And uh, so, and today, as we do it, we're going to do it like we've done it in the past. Uh, a few times, I'm going to ask you, not right this second, but when I tell you, I'm going to ask you to come up the outside aisle, and then when you leave one of the deacons on either side with the bread, and the cups are here, and as you take breath from the cup and you go back and sit down. You can start with the first row and go on back. And there's some other fellows in the back that will take care of that. So we'll just all pass through. When you get back to your seat, you sit down and then I'll share with you what the Lord had to say. We begin with prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I thank you for this beautiful song that we all have sang. Thank you, Lord, that you do revive, you do forgive, you do renew, you do bring us back to you. And thank you for the privilege of coming back to the cross and its representation that we have here. Lord, as we partake of these elements, help us to keep our mind staying on you and on our Lord and Savior. stand, starting with the front aisles, just come on up.
Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take it. This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner also, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do on to say, as often as you do this, you will show the Lord's death until he comes. That's the cross. That's Calvary. Shall we pray? Father, what a privilege to take time with you. Take our mind and go back to the cross. Let our mind dry. What a, what a miracle for you have provided that through these elements stand at the cross, gazing upon the one who gave his life, shed his blood, that we might live. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pass your cups into the center aisle, if you will, and the fellows are going to pick them up. And I would invite you to Supper together, we take up an offering that goes into our grace fund and use that to help folks in need. So as we sing the next song, uh, we are going to be receiving that offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, for your word, and now as we look at your word and, and let it speak to our heart, Lord, we pray that you'll uh, speak your word through me, and may we all receive it, and may we all apply it to our lives and our daily lives. And thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We are blessed to have had him here these number of years, and uh, he's got quite a personality, a unique personality, and, and uh, we just thank the Lord for allowing him to be here, and I think he accomplished uh, exactly what the Lord wanted him to accomplish here. And so, you got me again. It's a privilege for me to be here. I, I, I you know, at 72, I, I 
you're not 72, you don't understand that. But uh, you have to make some adjustments. But I, today I'm kind of talking about going through adjustments and being through in, in circumstances that are not normal and are unusual. And, and it has to do with our church, but it really has to do with every one of us as individuals. And so I'm going to be looking at the book of Philippians in chapter 1, and, and, and I'm going to be bringing some, some, some thoughts from there. And, uh, and the idea is uh, for us to see God at work. In fact, the title of my message is Seeing God. Seeing God in every circumstance. Well, my wife felt like she was all stressed out uh, and uh, had a lot of stuff she was going through, and, 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 and she was, okay? She really was. But we have a son who, who is um, a counselor. Uh, he's also the uh, superintendent of a Christian school, but, yeah, but he's also a trained counselor. And he, uh, she can talk to him. She can get counsel from him. So she called him and she was talking to him about being so stressed up. What a sympathetic son he is. He said, Mom, life is stress. Hey, I got an idea. Turn to the person next to you and say, Life is stress. Now, now I want you to say it again. I want you to say it, say it again to one another, except emphasize is, okay? Life is. Yeah. So we know that. Uh, life is also circumstances. All kinds of them. Uh, whether they're good or bad, whether they're thrilling or painful, whether expected or unexpected, and the list could go on. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I'm in the middle of a circumstance. <laughs> yeah, we are. And that's where Paul was in Philippians chapter 1. He was in the middle of a circumstance. You find him in a circumstance that was, would for most of us, we would think uh, it was a very stressful situation. We'll go on into that in just a minute, but I want to read uh, some verses here from Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. And here's what we read. Paul is writing to the Philippian Christians that support him. And he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, <clears throat> so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So get the idea he's in prison. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, 
are much more bold to speak the Word, the Word of God, without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, and others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. <coughs> what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that I rejoice, and I will rejoice. That's seeming good in every circumstance. He was in a tough circumstance. He was in chains, and the Philippians were pretty concerned about that, and so he wanted to give them some relief in their thinking. They're, they're concerned about the suffering that he's going through. They're concerned about what the sentence is going to be on him when he finally comes before the Roman officials, and it could be an execution. They're afraid that uh, they're, they're, they're concerned, and I, and probably rightly so, the best evangelist in the known world is in prison. What a waste that would seem to be. He should be preaching out on the street. And the Philippians are partners with him in this task of getting the gospel out. He is like their missionary. They're concerned that the gospel be preached. They're concerned about the fact that the best evangelist in the world has been sidelined doesn't make sense. They're concerned, and they're trying to figure out why God is doing this. Why is God allowing this to happen? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you can't relate to that, you haven't stopped to think long enough. Because in our own lives, things happen, and we want to say, why is God allowing this up in Fort Sunlight, there was a doctor that we had, and we really liked him, and uh, he, he was a <clears throat> tremendous doctor, and in his 40s, I mean, by the way, he was a Christian doctor, and he was easy to go to, easy to talk to. In his 40s, he died. He was one of the good guys. We said, Lord, why would you let this one die? Why don't you kill one of the bad ones, you know? But God does that. Sometimes things happen. And so maybe they're saying, Lord, what are you doing? You know, Lord, there are other people who ought to be in prison besides Paul. Why? By the way, he doesn't even deserve to be there. He's really done nothing the Lord in this part of the country knows the Lord because of his ministry. So why is he there? Well, I want us to learn from our text. 
change of counsel when in the midst of any circumstance, especially in difficult times, like these words work anytime. And the first word I want to share with you is look. Look for good in the present circumstance. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. He says, I might be in prison, but what has happened is that the Caesar's guard, the Praetorian guard, this 12,000 to 16,000 men, they were crack troops for the Caesar, and they would guard him, and he was chained to one of them constantly. And they rotated in shifts. Uh, one writer says every four hours. One writer says every six hours. Uh, but but it doesn't matter, you know. Uh, these men were there. Can you imagine the conversations he had with these guys that chained to him? You talk about a captive audience. Hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. I shut up. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Or, or, or maybe the guy would say to him, uh, so what's your name? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm an evangelist for Christ. Well, what's that? Well, I'll tell you. You know, and, and so the story goes. And what happened was a lot of these fellas, they heard the gospel, they heard the good news, they became believers, and then they started telling other spread throughout the whole household of Caesar. And then, even beyond that, it became the missionary outreach. Now watch. Paul had a goal to reach Rome for Christ. He had a plan. It wasn't this. But God had a plan. And God's plan is always better. Isn't that cool? It's so good. And, and, and uh, one thing Paul learned while he was chained to these guys that we could all learn. We all need a little more of this. He learned about one-on-one evangelism. You talk to the person next to you. He learned about conversational evangelism. He learned that you don't have to be a preacher standing in front of a crowd. You can talk to one about the Lord, and you can win that one to the Lord, and you can really help that one uh, come to a saving knowledge of Christ. You can help that one for eternity. You can do that. Not just Paul, but you can do that. So, now, he said... uh, also, the second thing that took place, he was looking for the good. He said, and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some preach out of envy and rivalry and others from goodwill, but it's happening. So what happens is I'm in prison and somebody else picks up the slack. Now, the ones that pick up the slack say, well, we don't have Paul to do it, so we got to do it. 
Now, Pastor Ken isn't here, but we have to pull together. It isn't time to jump ship. It's time to get in the harness and pull. It's time to start to grab an oar and start oaring. It's time for us to labor together. I mean, to labor together. Okay? It's not up to me, and it's not up to me. It's up to you, all of us together. And uh, I, I can't help but feel excited about what the Lord's going to do. He had uh, some antagonism from the Romans without. He had a little animosity from within. Uh, I'm just going to talk to you about that a little bit. He, he had some people that believed the same thing he did, and they... They believed the gospel, and, and they were sharing the message, but they were doing it out of envy and rivalry. Here's what they were doing. They were jealous of Paul's ministry. And they were so glad he was in jail, out of the way, couldn't do anything. Now they could do their ministry. Aha, uh-huh, we get to be good now. Maybe they'll give us some attention. You know, and, and, and then they got the rivalry, you know. But Paul's not the only preacher around. And so they did that. And, and I, I, I'm going to tell you what. I don't think envy and rivalry should drive any ministry. I think we've got to stay away from that. You know what I really wish? I wish all churches that preach the gospel, as long as they understand the gospel is salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray for their success. They may not think exactly like we do, but I pray that they're out there winning the lost and preaching the message. And I like what Paul said, but either way, so, what he did is he started looking for the good in the circumstances, and I'm going to ask you to look for the good in your circumstances, too. I'm, 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 my mind goes to some that I, I feel for. I don't know the answer. They could, you could say to me, well, Pastor, what's the good in this? I think of people who have lost it. And they say, what's the good in this? I don't know. God promises that all things work together for good. So I don't have the answer for the good, but God has the answer for the good. And I'm praying that we look for the good. Because God is good in all that he does. When he gives you a paycheck, he's good. And when he puts you in a place where you don't have a He's good. I'm thinking about my son-in-law. He's good when he gave my son-in-law a job. And he was good when the company burned down and he lost his job. He's still good. You know, God is good. The second thing I want you to get from these verses is the word know. That is this. Know that God is in the circumstance. He says that my imprisonment 
is for Christ, or or my bonds, or my chains, they're 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 for Christ. Paul's Paul's view of his imprisonment was different than what we would normally have. Paul didn't say those Jews that accuse me, they are so wrong. You know, they they falsely accuse me. say that. And he wasn't ticked off at the Romans who imprisoned him. Paul's view was that he was in prison because Jesus Christ wanted him there. And he saw that Christ himself had put him in prison. So, our view of tough circumstances ought to be what is God doing? Because I know He's in it. I know, I know He's in it. Our view should not be, oh me, oh my, or even poor me. I, our, our attitude should be, I'm in this situation because God put me right where He wants me. calls for a high level of faith to be able to look at a tough situation and then look at God and look at Christ and be able to say, I'm here because God is loving me and taking care of me, even if I can't see it. That's kind of tough. What we need to do is acknowledge God's providence and sovereignty over all things. That's the answer. I'm going to give you a definition of God's providence. Uh, in his, I'm going to read this really slow and hope you get it. So I should have had it written up here. In his working in history, God's soul sustains and governs. All his creatures and their thoughts and actions, as well as all events, so that all of his gracious purposes are fulfilled. And yet in such a way that men wholly wholly remain responsible for what they are saying. Somehow or another, God is in control. And still, we're responsible. I can't reconcile those two truths. I just have to believe them. But I'm really, really glad when I come to the providence of God, the sovereignty of God, because when I look at that, I realize that I there's somebody in control. And it's not me. And I'm glad it's not me, because I would make a mess of it. I'm glad that God is in control. I want us to learn to look to Him. Um, God never was surprised at anything. God never woke up and said, Oh, what, what happened? You know, God never said, Oh, that one caught me off guard. God always knows. He always plans. He's always in charge. Uh, to have that kind of a view, is unnatural. 
supernatural. It is by the grace of God that we can think of the thoughts of God and trust in the actions of God. And that whole thing by His Spirit working in us is what allows us to get our thinking straight. And that's what we want to do. The third thought I have here is expect that God has a purpose for the circumstances. I'd, I'd, I'd like you to learn from Joseph and his mistreatment by his brother. Joseph in the Old Testament was abused. He was thrown into a pit. He was sold as a slave by his brothers and taken to Egypt. He was lied about to his father, lied about to Potiphar's wife, put in prison for something he didn't do, forgotten, and then exalted to the second highest position of authority in Egypt. When he finally met his brothers and they saw him, like any brother, he had the opportunity vengeance, and they were shaking in their boots. He had the power to have them killed. He had the power to get even. Anybody here like to get even? Uh, Anybody here like to take vengeance once in a while? I mean, you know, just a little bit. He He had the power to do that. And here's what he said. As for me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You meant it for evil, God meant it for good. That we can expect that God has a purpose in every circumstance. God has a purpose in Joseph being thrown into a pit when he didn't know it then. He couldn't see it. In fact, if I was thrown in the pit, I'd say, boy, this is not fair. I am the only good son my father has. Okay? Now, in Joseph's case, he was God meant it for good so he could save God's chosen people. In Paul's case, it was to reach Nero's household and the guards with the gospel and to do it one by one. In your case, you need to be looking for what God is doing and what His purpose is. And for our church, we need to know that God has a purpose and plan for our church. Sitting right here, standing right here, right now, we ought to be looking for it. In fact, I got a note here that says, Hey, I've got some really good news for you. Faith Baptist Church is alive and well and moving forward with the Lord. He is doing good things for our church. He is totally involved, and he is working out his good purpose in our midst. That's what's going on. So don't walk around like you're dead because God is alive and he's working. Number four, anticipate the good that God promises from the circumstance. Again, from Joseph, we learned that God meant it for good. Anticipate that. And then finally, choose. 
to be active in knowing and doing the will of God. In chapter 1 and verse 19 of Philippians, it says, For I know that through prayers, your prayers, and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. What can you do? This verse tells you, be in prayer and rest in the Spirit. So, right right now, where, where we're at, I'm going to tell you where we're at. In this circumstance, number one, God is in it. I'm talking about the church. God is in it. Number two, God is up to something. Number three, God is up to something good. Number four, let's get in on it. He wants us to focus on him. What a privilege. What an opportunity. What a day in the life of our church as we move forward in the power and in the name of the Lord. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you that we uh, are your children. something unusual right now, though. Um, what? Oh, we didn't take an offering? Cool. Hey, I, now after that message, you should be able to give more. <laughs> I mean, have the ushers come, and we're going to take up an offering. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe we missed that. stand up. I want to do something. Uh, I want to tell you something. Today is National Flag Day. I, I don't know if you all caught that. But I like my country and I like the flag and I don't like people that abuse it. So we brought the flag in. It's right over here so that we can all give our pledge to the flag. And I'm going to read you right now. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, in which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Good. Now, have a seat. We, we are going to go right now into a business meeting. This is the best way to do it, to just do it right now. And uh, so uh, the fellows are going to come. We put a big load on them. If you are a, a visitor and uh, you want to step out, that's fine. Uh, uh, be comfortable doing that. But the rest of you, we need you, whether you're a member or not, we need you to know what's going on and be supportive. So I right now we're gonna start and I
we're going to start uh, a clipboard back. And what we want you to do is sign in. On the top of that clipboard, it tells who a qualified voter is. And it's, it's an honor system. And we, we ask you to sign that as a qualified voter. A qualified voter is someone who has been in four services and four regular services in the last 30 days. And uh, on the paper, they're defined for you. Yes, sir. Okay. Huh? Yeah, yeah I, I know I got away from it. I should have, I should have printed the extra one, and I didn't do it. So basically, uh, four services, and, and the services is any service that has been officially called by the church. So that could be your shepherding group. It could be several other things. So, um, and then we're going to be voting on Wes. And so once uh, the, that go, as that goes back, I think we're about ready to uh, have Lee, Lee, do you want to hand out the ballots right away? Okay, we got some guys going to come to the front. I just want to take a moment and explain to those of you who may not be familiar with uh, what our student ministry intern uh, internship is. Uh, I was one, so I'm kind of the guy to, to go to for that. But our student ministry's intern will be involved in all the areas of our student ministry. Uh, and under the mentoring of Pastor Jack and myself, uh, and whenever our, our new senior pastor is brought on, they will be uh, the intern will be involved in teaching and preaching in our student ministry on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, activity planning, building relationships with our students, building relationships with our students' parents, and uh, uh, yeah, activity planning, that was already on there. And uh, it, so in, in Bible college, which is where our interns come from, in Bible college you get the theoretical you get the theology, you get the Bible teaching, but in an internship, you get the practical application of all that you learn, the practical application of ministry. So an internship is not practice for real ministry later on. An internship is ministry, and we will be pouring into West. West will be pouring into our church and into our students. So that's what the internship is, and it is one year with, with West. Morning, brothers. Well, it's a generic term. Brothers and sisters. For, bro for brothers and the sisters. So, Jay was mentioning kind of the what, you know, the intern is going to do. He's going to be involved with our young people. Uh, you know, right now, uh, the uh, kind of the ratio that we've talked about is uh, like an 80-20 or 75-25 between, you know, the focus being on the uh, youth, the uh, teens, I guess, would be the category, and then, but also being involved uh, as well with uh, some of the younger children as well in the programs there. So, the, now talking about the why. So, why, why would we be bringing Wes? You know, why, why Wes and why right now? Well, the why is, is because his, his character has been very well spoken of. 
Um, he has a history and a testimony of being committed to discipleship. Um, in his in his college, he has a, a position there as a uh, as a leader, uh, and he's known for pouring his heart into uh, the other guys in the dorm, uh, counseling and discipling them. Um, and he he has an obvious love for young people, and he, he wants to to love on them, to see them succeed in their Christian lives. So that's a little bit more about the the, the why. You know, we're looking looking to West, and then also. The other burning question is the how. How are we going to do this? You know, how, how are we going to do this right now with everything that's going on? Well, a handful of individuals and families have, uh, have uh, stepped forward, have pledged to give a weekly amount so that Wes can be here. Um, and then, so that's going to be about half of the $550 to $600 a week that it takes to support him. Which, uh, I mean, if you start thinking about the math in your head, we're, we're kind of bringing him here and his newlywed uh, live on peanuts, <laughs> so they're, they're going to be living on love, but uh, we're, um, so some people have, have uh, like I said, they've pledged to give certain amounts so that he can be here, and then the other half will, will come from our general contributions. Um, one thing to keep in mind is we're going to have a couple of months here where we don't have a senior pastor salary, so obviously that is going to offset uh, expenses with Wes actually quite handily. Um, and the new pastor that we bring on, more than likely, is not going to be at the same level that Pastor Ken was, because Pastor Ken had been here for some time, and uh, he had a, uh, a generous salary. So obviously, the newer pastor is probably going to be not at the level that, that Pastor Ken was. So that will help to offset practical. Obviously, I'm just talking about the practical numbers right now. Um, so that will help to offset some of the expenses as well. And then also the uh, uh, Pope. Publicly asked me to, to give an update on the yes sir. So we haven't brought it to the congregation at large yet, but if you do have a heart for that, you have a heart for our youth, you have a heart to see West here. Uh, by all means, as Sister just reminded me, um, and he would be the, the lead on that. If you could see uh, Lee on that, if you'd like to contribute. Pledge a certain amount per week so that West can be here ministering to young people. Please, uh, please contribute. Um, so the uh, public committee asked me to give just a quick update as well on where we're at with uh, our search for a, a senior pastor, uh, search for the man that God has for us, and we have several resumes that have been reviewed. And two potentials have risen to the surface, and both of these uh, potential candidates are they're excellent. Godly men that would be both of which would be tremendous uh, assets to our church, uh, and we're we're targeting at this point uh, we're targeting September first, so you know end of the summer you know around Labor Day that that's our target. Obviously, God has His own ways, and uh, so we're going to be sensitive to that and uh, you know, tough with them. But hopefully, in the next couple of months, we'll be seeing some activity there, and uh, at the end of the summer, uh, have a, a candidate. Candidating that we're, uh, we're considering for our church. So I, we do want to ask if there's any any questions. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, I'm not sure that we can any of those. And yes, ma'am. Excellent question. So there are a couple of different perspectives. So in our constitution, the protection of the gap and, and leave aid, the ones that keep us on track. 
institution, like you bring in someone and they, they there's an official candidacy, right? Between them actually being a candidate where we're actually considering them for a pastor, we might be bringing in a couple of individuals for pulpits as well. So before they, just to, just to preach, just to interact with our, our people. So in the next few weeks, uh, Lord willing, you'll see a, a couple of different uh, pastoral individuals <laughs> that, uh, that will be supplying the pulpit, and uh, we'll basically, I guess, we'll be making the, uh, the congregation aware that, hey, they're here for pulpit supply, but we may also be considering them as a candidate uh, as well. And then once they are voted on as a, as a candidate, then we would take them into the candidacy process. Is that a good summary? Excellent question. Excellent question. Yes, we, we, want, we want you guys to be exposed to them, interact with them, and Anybody else have any question? So, as always, a great uh, Pastor Jack's message. It's always great to see how God brings things together. In our in our ABF this morning, we were talking about uh, emotions, which we don't necessarily talk about those a lot. But emotions are the vehicle whereby we experience the circumstances that God puts us in. Right? And over the last few weeks, our church has experienced all kinds of emotions, haven't we? And uh, what the perspective is, is that, you know, the same person can look at this a situation, and, and Pastor Jack, he, he said this morning, he said it before, same person can look at the same situation, but one person says, God just is not on my side. You know, he, he, he's just not, you know, he's just not on board with my plan. And then the other, the other person can look at it and say, wow, this is a huge opportunity. You know, God has given me a tremendous, this is a difficult situation, but God has given me a gift in this. I, I can grow, and my heart can be expanded, and he's going to do something wonderful in this situation. And that is where we're at. This is a huge opportunity for our church, so I, I hope you see that. And this is a tremendous opportunity, and God is going to do some great things in, uh, over the summer. Thank you, Phil. If you could pass your gallons to the center, and if the gentleman will collect those. Questions while we're collecting those. Does anybody else have any any questions? Either Wes, I'm either Wes or the public uh, committee process. All right. Oh, yes, ma'am. Able to ask Wes questions. Absolutely. Now we're actually we're voting to, to bring him. Obviously, yeah, he, he's a very transparent individual. You can ask him. You can ask him anything. I, I think you'll find that he's very approachable. Yeah, very transparent, very approachable guy. Yesterday, unless, yesterday, unless you want to do a five-minute monologue, we'll, we'll stand. No, I'm good. So, I'm good. All right. Let's stand. Uh, the song really uh, flows out of the message that we heard today. Let's stand together and, and sing. Uh, it's a song of, of, of trust and dependence on God. So if you know, we invite you to sing along with us. We'll end music.